Hello and welcome to another episode of the Two Medics podcast. My name is Imran Lasker. I'm a consultant radiologist. And hi, I'm Dushkin Wardner. I'm a cardiology registrar subspecializing in intervention. So this wasn't meant to happen, was it, Thrusha? We it's a bit weird, isn't it? Episode together. Yeah, what happened? So lot, I've been doing lots of on-calls, mm. but the last Thursday I would have been off. But I've also been trying to do quite a lot of runs and stuff, and it's still, and I'm just struggling to basically fit everything in. It's ridiculous. It sounds really like pathetic when I put it that way. But like, it's yeah. There is you have time for stuff that you want to do, right? And unfortunately, that often means that I want to be around for kids' bedtimes. But then that means that if I go for a run, which I don't want to do, it's quite late in the evening. I put that off. Put that. Off, put that off. And then I feel, and then it gets late, and then I thought I was going to record the podcast myself, and but I was too tired, so then I didn't. And then I was on call over the weekend, and then you were going to do it, but then your face was melting. No, your face was melting, <laughs> so then you didn't do it. But this is good, yeah. man. So obviously we've spent the last kind of, what, half an hour just catching up. So, yeah, yeah, it's true. Good. I mean, that's the big thing about this. Yeah, I, yeah. Rabbi always says that my face looks like it's melting when I get tired, and I think, <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I do push it sometimes, and I think I must have pushed it quite a lot yesterday because I, I did my normal work, and then I had loads of work to catch up on. I had an, a, one of these companies chasing me for these scans, so I did those. It took me ages. Then I took the kids to swim, swimming, and then I got back, and then I decided randomly, I'm going to the zoo. I'm going to the zoo. Ah, I'm, okay, which zoo? So we went to Whipsnade Zoo for the day. And then you get back and then I was just trying to do everything. Like, just like you, then I had more scans to do, more things to do. And then I was finally going to do the, the episode and I think Rob was like, you're going to sleep. Did, how was Whipsnade Zoo? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I love it, man. I've got a year membership there. So to Whipsnade in London. Oh, nice. So we normally yeah. get our money's worth by just going there and just, if i got time, if I can, bother the kids up for it. It's yeah, I quite like it in Zoo. Yeah, yeah, isn't it? Like when you're thinking of things to do, that's the part of being a parent, isn't it? Kids, like, how do you actually keep them entertained half the time? And uh, you go there, and you're not the only parent who's thinking the same thing. They're all yeah. just following the kids around. Oh God, yeah, you too. Yeah, uh, I know. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny actually because when we had our zoo membership, we'd be taking the kids. I wasn't sure they like really enjoyed it that much. It's like one of those things that you feel like you have to do with them. And Lil's like the thing that she seemed to enjoy the most was going onto the climbing frame things that are there. Yeah, and, like, yeah. What? There's all these animals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I could have done that for free. Yeah. Uh, I think Nemo not as anti-animal as I am. I'm more <laughs> eating animals, but she seems to quite like stroking like the goats and whatever. Ah, else fair. Yeah, she seems to quite like that. So yeah, it was good, man. It was good. Cool. Uh, to show yeah. like how late we are in like doing this, <laughs> like in the list, I've written Valentine's Day. Talk about that. Like that's like a. Di- did you do anything for Valentine's Day? No, man. I never do. No, I don't do anything particularly special for Valentine's Day. I don't know why that is. Did you? Do, I don't know. I just feel like it's a bit of a sellout. A bit, it's so typical. It is, yeah, yeah. But it's a bit of a sellout thing. I don't want to be doing that kind of thing. But I also wasn't very good with Rabia's birthday this year. Why? Yeah, yeah. Do you miss it? I just no. I didn't miss it. I just couldn't think of anything to get her. And what do you get the woman who has everything? You know. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the thing is, it's like a bit, a bit difficult to buy things for her because I don't know whether she'll like it or not, and then she gets returned. And stuff. Oh, so I, I just think, yeah, yeah I just, hard. I don't know. Like, do you I just not... get a bit paralyzed by the whole thing. Do you not just um, ask her? <laughs> Why do you just ask her? What do you want? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then sometimes be like, oh, you don't need to get me anything, but you know that means you need to get yeah, me something. But I don't know what it is to get, and the, the whole thing becomes a bit 
Especially that's so funny. Especially ignore it, and then yeah. next thing you know, it's my birthday, and I'm looking like a fool. I didn't do anything. Yeah, fair enough. I like, mm. I know what you mean. So I tend to ask Jo, and she generally will take a little while, but she'll come up with something. But otherwise, mm. she knows that I'll pick something myself. But what I tend to do is go on, like, John Lewis. I literally will type, like, what to get my wife for her birthday? <laughs> and then see what's 2023. And I'm like, okay, I'll get those six. And like, whatever. And then hope for the best. But yeah, I'm sure a lot of it gets returned. But there you go. Have you seen that chat GP? I keep seeing references to it and I don't really get what it is. What is it? Oh my god. Is it a bot? I, I, I don't even get what it is, but it's a, it's just incredible. But this is the kind I literally you log in and you write down whatever. So I think I said to my kids, to give me three things and they gave me like a fox, a slide, an ice cube or something and I said, write a children's story about a fox, a slide, an ice cube and they did a pretty good story. Yeah. And it sounded like a proper <laughs> story. And then my mate did one where he said write me a 15,000 word scientific article on this particular procedure. And it did it with references. Oh, wow. With references. Yeah. Cool. So I'm, I'm a, like, yeah, I'm still like doing my MD thesis. So there's wow. an idea. Definitely. Because <coughs> it genuinely, I'm doing a talk for Radiopedia this year on gym injuries. Oh, I saw it's got yeah. quite a catchy title, hasn't it? Yeah, I can't even get remember ripped. exactly what it get is. Get ripped, getting ripped or something. Yeah, getting ripped while going to the gym or something. A gym injury, yeah, yeah, yeah. getting ripped or something like that. But I did type in, write a script of a video on about gym injuries and actually gave like pretty good jokes. I said, write a funny script and it gave oh, a wow. good few jokes in there. I like, okay, I might actually you embarrassingly some use some of that because oh, the wow, AI man. was that good. Yeah, wow. I was very impressed. 100% do check it out. Yeah. yeah so there is what like an obligatory... On? Huh? Yeah. What's been going on? What's the big deal this week? Well, you well, know. The last week, you mean? Yeah, yeah. There are a few things. But look, <laughs> because I've put this reference in and I'm like, I want to put it in, even though it's Valentine's Day was ages ago. Nobody cares. Mm. But anyway, like this like quite cute tweet by Oliver Darkshire that says, when we first started dating, my husband smoked all the time. One day I mentioned I didn't like, I didn't much of a habit, not really expecting it to change. But the next time I saw him, he'd already quit cold turkey as if it was nothing. And I was like, wow, I guess I'm in love, huh? Joke's on him because I liked him enough if I'd have let it go if it made him happy. But he just stopped. One of the most addictive habits that exists purely so we could eat pizza and play video games together. Anyway, quite cute. That's cute, isn't it? That is very cute. That is well, very cute, isn't it? Would you give up social media for love? <clears throat> I guess so. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I guess so. It's quite but addictive think, though, isn't it? It, it? Yeah, it is very addictive. I just have to find something else addictive to do, isn't it? To fill that void of, yeah, whatever. But I remember, I told you, isn't it? When I got married, Rabbi got rid of all my clothes. Like, they just like, uh, yeah. all the bin bags just full of these clothes. It was completely, yeah, it was completely, I couldn't believe it. Like how many clothes I had. You know, Did you get rid of your Rocky t-shirt? I, man I think I managed to keep a Rocky okay. Back to the Future t-shirt. Okay. And a royal free medical school hoodie, which I'm going to start wearing again. Wow. In a remarkable condition because it hasn't been touched for, the, for a decade. Because I, <laughs> right. I don't think it was deemed worthy for me to wear until recently. Yeah. But yeah. That's all I have right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a good thing we're doing it today in some ways, through don't you think? Because yeah. I feel like something big's gone down. I know. So the BMA ballot. Mm. Oh my mm. God. So I think it said that of the 40,000 people that could have voted, I thought it'd be mm. more, to be honest, but of mm. the 40,000, I don't know, 37,000 or something, quite a lot of people mm. voted, like 98%. 98% voted yes. That's amazing, isn't it? That's, yeah, it's amazing, really. Here we go. Yeah. Going towards, Here we go. Uh, going towards strikes. Like, also, you, you can see the standard comments are going to start coming out about, oh, vocation, oath, and all this yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. But I think when you've got 98% 
of the profession saying that they're not happy with this current work. You may need to forget about what you thought about what doctors are and who they are and all that kind of stuff. They can be all of those things, but they also yeah. want to get paid. And that's important. Very important. I it's, think it's um, great. I think it's fantastic. It is. I can't remember what the dates were for when this actually might be. But mm. there's obviously there's strikes everywhere, isn't it? So the nurses are going to do like a full, full like they're camping it up. There's yeah, like a full yeah. strike. I think I start nights around that time. So that's interesting for me. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, like, at what point are they going to admit, like, yeah, that maybe they got this wrong because if everyone is striking around you like this, right? And I know a whole load of people might be turning around and saying, oh, but what about this? No, it's not what about anything else, right? If yeah. someone else says, oh, I'm not getting paid enough for these people, then go do something about it. 100% yeah. support you. Please do something about it. Go to your employee and say, I'm not happy. I'm going to strike. I'm not going to turn up or do something else. But this is this genuinely is a very important thing. And I'm really pleased to see that there's been such a high turnout. And I guess, again, we're going to expect the same arguments before. But I think that everyone needs to get used to the idea that we're probably... I don't think we're going to be a cohort of people to be pushed around anymore because we've been pushed around for so long already. And this really is, this is a big deal, man. I think it's a, I think it's a good thing for anyone, including the public, to know that they, their doctor's standing up for them as well, isn't it? To make better working conditions and make it a good thing to be a doctor. Why not? Why not make it a good thing to be a doctor? Make people want to go and become a doctor because the way it stands, it's very difficult for anyone to really say, yeah, you know what? You should do medicine. I find it very difficult to tell people that these days, don't you? Yeah, it isn't. Mm. It's not something that I actively feel like. Oh no, it's like an amazing career in a sense that mm. I, feel, I feel like I think it needs to be something that you go into with like open eyes. And there's a lot of issues with it. And I think if it's if there's any part of you that's a bit like you know what I'd like to have a comfortable life making lots of money, then it should be like an actuarian or something. If you've got the like, smarts, yeah, yeah exactly. go to something else I mean, talking about, I guess we're talking about like medical students and them going into interviews and thinking about doing medicine. There was someone who tweeted something that I feel quite sad for them. Charlotte, do you remember this one? CAJ90. She did tweet out this wonderful tweet about getting an anesthetic interview. Uh, anesthetic CT1 interview. Here I come, although not sure why York and Humber specifically, question mark. Are Yorkshire and Humber anesthetic anesthetists nice? Should I add I up lad to every sentence in the interview? So very clearly excited. And then a follow up tweet. So despite being informed I have an interview and being booked for one as per email, it turns out I do not have an interview and just been emailed by ANRO to say that it was an error. <coughs> I, in fact, do not have an interview. That, so that's pretty devastating. You can just imagine like the high and that horrendous low, don't you think? Yeah, totally. It's so out of order, isn't it? Like the, re the responses to it were understandably like really angry. And she mm. was philosophical about it. But it's just, you can imagine the type of email that you'd get to say, oh, yeah, it was an error. Please accept our sincere apologies, blah. And then see. Oh, okay. <laughs> there have been some tweets and stuff this week, isn't it, about, I guess it's probably something we'll end up discussing next week. But Ollie Burton, he tweeted today, I think it was mm. today, about the number of applicants for national training number roles and how mm. it's like skyrocketing upwards. Mm. And in this situation, you can't help but feel like, upset there are all these applicants people are talking about kind of filling posts and the posts that go empty and stuff and there are people willing to take these jobs but there just aren't enough there isn't enough posts for them it just seems a bit weird doesn't it like what? yeah this seems to be a bottleneck because all the people that didn't get a job last year are going to apply next year and then all the yeah, people exactly. are going to be applying away anyway this year are going to apply this year and then all of a sudden you get like an increasing number of applicants and then what ends up happening is that the people who didn't apply last year will go do something else like 
like a PhD and MD and then it just becomes a I think it becomes an eventual requirement but I also think that the bigger picture is that they want more junior doctors they yeah, don't want right. they don't want people in training they don't want more consultants they want more junior doctors and the way to do that is by bottlenecking it and basically putting everyone in this sort of I don't want to call it purgatory I mean it's all learning but you're just stuck in this limbo of oh I'm going to try again next year I'm going to try again next year and then just have this so you're going to end up having a massive cohort of junior doctors and what's the point to do that rotor I was interested to see though what Johnny Gukin's response which was pretty much along the lines of Hanlon's razor which is never attribute malice to something that you can attribute ignorance or to Mm. basically Mm. saying it's probably not as sophisticated as that it's just that we're run by a bunch of idiots which I don't know if that makes me feel like better about it or worse. Yeah, but... you hope, hope they're being smart, but if they're not being smart, then that's sad as well on some level. But if they're um, stupid, oh, there's yeah. hope, isn't it? If they're mm. stupid, then there's hope, isn't it? That's the point, is it? No. I don't know, but how could there be that kind of, come on, it's been going on for years. There must yeah. be some sort of bigger game here. Or maybe it's me being paranoid, isn't it? As usual. Partha was talking about facts and medics, about interviews and stuff. Didn't Did you see that one? The kind of your skin dictates whether you get shortlisted for a consultant job, past postgraduate exams or past annual review of competence progression. Path has been very good at highlighting some very big problems, especially with training and working, especially if you, yeah, the color of your skin and how that can affect you. Have you ever felt like this has been an effect on you? Because I've often talked about the racist occurrences I've had, but when it comes to ARCP, I think, like, have you ever noticed anything like that through Shun? So, what do you mean? Yeah, I'm just talking about, like, because these look like more official things, getting a consultant job, passing postgraduate exams, going to an ARCP. Like, having this kind of stuff happen in life is like what we're used to. We've been there, yeah. right? I guess when it happens at that forum, you think, really? Like, why is this happening here? Like, surely this shouldn't have anything to do with this stuff, no? Yeah, it makes me feel a bit uncomfortable as a topic because like sometimes, also I was listening to, they're basically saying sometimes you know, even though like you can't necessarily prove it, you know that there's like an air of something to it, which is mm. that it's because I'm a person of colour and stuff. Mm. Even though like <clears throat> you don't have evidence. And I find that quite difficult to say in some ways because one of the kind of retorts that you get essentially from white people, isn't it? It's like, oh, like you're making everything about race and whatever. But the numbers are there, mm. as you say, like the numbers are there mm. to show that there, there is like a, a difference. And as soon as, if you accept that there isn't going to be a difference in quality, like amongst the group, then you have to accept that the other explanation then is that there's structural racism. Whilst I think in like medicine people, because they're, they're familiar with kind of reading loads and whatever that they are like quite good at just making up other kind of terrible reasons for why people aren't suitable candidates and stuff that it's like not just that yeah i think obviously not entirely related but that sort of gut feeling that you've got my my daughter and son go to a islamic school on the saturday but they Mm. use a school they rent out the school to be able to do it and i think recently or something they've had some new management take over and then they've been told that they're not allowed to use the school premises anymore and right. the reason is because they're not, they said that they're not following safety rules or something. And what safety rules? Oh, some oh, of the kids yeah. are playing in these areas and they shouldn't be. And it's like, you could just tell them that and they won't do it. Or you can tell the rules and then yeah. they could follow it. But saying they're not allowed to use a premise anymore based on not following safety rules is not, it doesn't seem great, does it? But then all at the same time, been there before. No worries. Fine. We'll go somewhere else. Because if it's not going to be this, it's going to be something else, isn't it? It's just going to keep coming back until yeah, you exactly. finally got rid of them. So fine. If you don't want that Islamic school there, then you find someone else to take you until they decide that they don't want them there either. But it I did think make... that's something we get used to, you no? Know? That's true. Yeah. yeah. So it reminded me of this actress, Sandra Oh, who is Canadian-American 
and was on Killing Eve. And I remember like she was doing this. In, I didn't watch Killing Eve. It looked like a terrible show, by the way. Like, yeah, Joe loved it. <laughs> Joe loved it. And I was like, what yeah. is this? And she's like, oh, yeah, you know, this, she just goes around killing people. And oh, there's like, this love thing. And I was like, anyway, whatever. I guess, like, I'm a hypocrite because I quite like Dexter. So, you know, maybe I'm showing my biases there. But anyway, so I don't know. She was talking about racism in the UK. And she was like, racism in the UK is worse because, at least in America, people are straight up about it. Mm. And whereas, like, in the UK, people are just, like, really covert and they make up just, like, those kind of excuses. Like, oh, it's safety. Oh, the cultures. There's a cultural difference and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> and whilst, I guess, there's a sentiment, there's, like, obviously an element of privilege there because we know that in the UK, if you get stopped by the police, you're not going to get shot and killed, which is obviously something that will happen in America. And mm. there's, like, real, like, actual violence. So I don't think it's as simple as that. But I think mm. her point, though, is that at least being straight up about the racism in a way at least it means that you don't have to do the kind of mental gymnastics and then be told that you're like being crazy when actually you're picking up mm. on an actual sentiment there. And they're just not, they don't have the corners to just say it to your face. <laughs> yeah, it takes us on slightly onto kind of another kind of discrimination where Jackie Desjardin, comma MD, do you see this tweet? As an IM resident in the ICU, I felt like my male colleagues were doing tons of lines while I got a few. I wondered, am I imagining this? Is this gendered? Turns out others wanted the same, so we decided to study it. The results are now in or at ATS Scholar. It's a really interesting thing she's talked about, but basically in conclusion, the major themes in a structured learning environment where self-advocacy is required at access to at access educational opportunities, women perform fewer procedures, but in well-structured supervised settings, gender disparities in procedure volume did not exist. So that was really interesting, actually, that in situations where essentially you are in a room and then someone has to put themselves forward or get chosen to do procedures, there was a difference with regards to who was getting pulled forward or pushing themselves forward to do it. But when it was a bit more uh, structured, then those that kind of bias was being basically got rid of. And I found that very interesting, isn't it? But there is a bias that maybe people aren't aware of that is playing a role in the fact that some female trainees aren't getting the procedures that they would otherwise like to get no well i'm not sure if that's the point i think the point is that culturally i think in that situation if you leave it to people who are going to volunteer themselves it's Mm. much more likely to be men than women so therefore is that the best way of kind of allocating people procedures and i think because that kind of and there was a really good ted talk oh gosh who was it by but there was a TED talk I remember watching and these kind of that kind of risk-taking behavior and stuff is encouraged Mm. from the time that we're babies and Mm. and often oh what's the line it's like men are taught to be brave whereas women are taught to be perfect and Mm. one of the things that like there, there was a study that looked at babies like climbing up something and basically even parents you talk about like unconsciously they would often, with girls, they're more likely to be like careful at this kind of stage mm-hmm. with kind of a baby girl, whereas less so with a baby boy of equivalent age. And, mm-hmm. and obviously those kind of, that kind of, if that starts so early, I think the idea is that even in that situation, as a result, women are getting to do less procedures. So this is an open access article. So gender, the title is Gender Disparities in Critical Care Procedure Training of Internal Medicine Residents, just in case you want to look at, look up the article. But going through the data, if you're looking at the amount of time that a woman was um, available on an ICU rotation, they were supposed, they're expected to perform about 54%, but it ended up being about 47%. And mm. it was statistically significant, so there's a big difference. And so I think 
one of the ways that you can get around it because unco- the i think one of the objections that people have with unconscious biases is that um it almost is used as an excuse it doesn't really ch- help the mm. point not is about the person's intention at that point it's about what people do to address that and i guess an answer mm. in this scenario would be not to base it on like volunteers and be like how many have you done mm. how many have you done how many have you done how many you've done allocate it fairly that way yeah very interesting tweet and a lot to take take from there i think isn't it i think it's really good work as well by her did you see about this other tweet about putting stuff <coughs> forward but then maybe not so much bethany kelly comma dsn oh yeah Asked to talk by a prominent UK nursing organisation today with no budget to pay for time, skills, expertise or experience. This attitude enforces nurses aren't respected for our skills and knowledge base, but it's our generosity that is relied upon. And then, yeah, she basically they were asking her to do a talk, get involved, but they said there's no honour. Basically, we're not going to pay you. Can you just do this talk? Yeah. And yeah, I'm glad that she said no. And I think uh, I did have a bit of interaction with her because she said that she took a leaf out of my book. But yeah, I'm glad she said no. And she said do you, that. Yeah, do you see? So I was seeing online, this happens loads like black women, like wanting to use their time. Oh, really? Wanting to pay them. Yeah, it happens loads. Especially, and it's always guy stuff and whatever as well, mm. like wanting to use their time and expertise, but not willing to pay them for it. It's so interesting mm. though to see like the, so Beth fairly help, helpfully put in the kind of replies. And it's just, it's so brazen. Like, imagine if, you wanted to have i don't know some famous white dude i don't know i don't know why brian cox is coming to my head but brian cox that professor mm. and you wanted him to come and give a talk on i don't know some kind of recent research that he's done like obviously you might want to do it out of the goodness of his heart if it's for like school children or something but if you're going to be hosting an event and making profits from it and charging people to write or whatever then mm. surely going to expect to pay that person for their time their time is like valuable so that can't should count for everyone like it's not regardless of respect so like the, it was interesting to see the email she got hello beth thank you for your reply and your interest the event is entirely online unfortunately i do not have a budget for honorariums as much as i would like to i have to rely on the generosity of the speakers which i think is a bit passive aggressive who are mm. giving their time for free if still possible i would love to have a chat on thursday i'll be available and like, piss off when i saw that I just like, <laughs> piss off. like that kind of response if i if there was ever like a shred of me wanting to help and i saw that reply i was like get lost but her mm. reply to that was really graceful. It's, Thank you so much for asking me. However, I feel I have to decline. It's unfortunate that at the current time, many nurses are being completely professionally and personally destroyed by poor pay and working conditions that blah, cannot support nurses who you approach for our expertise and commitment to our roles by paying an honorarium for our time and our experience. It's just ridiculous, really. Yeah. yeah, it is. It really is. It just <laughs> maybe just takes up one person to make that push, isn't it? And maybe other people see that and be like, you know what? I'm not doing that either. I'm going to stand up too, and I'm not going to, yeah. I'm not going to take that. Which kind of brings us on to a tweet by Shivani Misra, and she goes, "I always feel so much love for this person." And so, introvert problems, which is quite a cool little a Twitter handle, says, "Shout out to the person at a social event who is the first person to say they're going home and breaks a seal for the rest of the guests to be like, yeah, guests yeah. will be heading out too. Do you do this? I love it when someone does that. And I always find it really funny when someone leaves and be like, yeah, gone. That's you know. I am actually quite introverted, but I will be the person who does that because when I've had enough and if I'm a bit bored, then I'm out. I, mean, yeah. <laughs> and I can't, I'm like, I think I've perfected it. There's usually like a slap of the knee. 
Right. Oh, really? That noise? <laughs> do you not know it? Do you not recognize it? That's I don't normally say positive things about like, the kids, but they've been very positive in terms of sometimes when I go somewhere right. and I can't really bother with other people, I just play with the kids. I just make sure I'm looking after them. Keep... And then when it's time to go, be like, you know what? They're getting really tired. Yeah. Like, no, we're it's not. Just... No, no, you're there. They're tired. <laughs> <laughs> it's your bedtime. It's your bedtime. It's your bedtime. And then stop arguing with me. Look, we're going. And, oh, we're fine. We're going to play for longer. We're going to play for longer. Like, no, no, we've got this to do and that. I don't know we did that yesterday is that no yeah let's yeah carry on this but, is, uh, her yeah. tweet is probably one of those that has to have its statutes of limitations isn't it it's like something that if you tweeted it that evening then the person at the part like who did the party that day would be like wait a second she's talking about us <laughs> so hopefully she goes to the same amount of time before she did yeah that. that's true that's true but i've been at children's parties as soon as that oh, cake God. is cut as soon as that knife is hitting that you're so cake, right <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone's like grabbing their jackets and going for the yeah just gone it's gone it's over silly the other day i was like yeah i needed to go pick up my kid but then i couldn't because something had happened and i needed to sort that out and then I had to go pick him up after his party, but it basically meant that my son was at this person's house for longer than they should have been. Right. And I think while I was driving, a few phone calls came in, but I didn't pick it up because I was driving. <laughs> well, <this laughs> it, you know, what are we going to do with this kid? And when I turned <laughs> up, they just looked at me, be like, you know, you're late and he's the only kid. And they looked like, why on earth did you take so long? And I don't want to be like, oh, I had better things to do because, you know, what's better than your son? But I genuinely had better things to do at that particular point. Yeah, I felt really sheepish about it. And I bumped into them the other day and I tried to explain myself a bit, but they weren't having it though. that's so yeah, funny can you imagine yeah. like in their heads they're like this is beyond the allocated time like now we've yeah. got this random kid here can you imagine that? <laughs> were they white yeah yeah i don't think that would happen do you reckon i don't know would that happen i don't know i don't know i think it would have wouldn't it i don't yeah. know i can't would you I, behave I like that if a parent turned up late to pick up their kid for you'd be like, oh, you're a bit late. What, yeah, I'm no, late. I guess if you're like, mate, you stay for longer. Stay as long as you want. You yeah, exactly. Here, you you know, don't. Like, go for it. That's one of the problems, though, isn't it? Like Asian people at parties <laughs> is that they, we don't know like when it's supposed to end. Like, okay, here we go. I'm like, don't worry, I've got food for this entire... You know what I mean? I find yeah. that if I've got people coming over, the, the I've just got... Literally, Joe will be like, there's two people coming over this evening and you've bought like a month's worth of like... <laughs> there's two people literally and it happened to me where i've actually invited an uncle around and like he didn't say he was going to have lunch no i thought he was going to just have a cup of tea and leave but then he didn't leave and he just kept yeah. staying and staying and then when it came to lunch i goes are you not going to give me lunch imran <laughs> oh my god wow you're so I know, justified I don't, have, I don't have you anything. didn't have you it know, I, I didn't For have shame. i had to go get something and you look oh, very right. like yeah. What do you think you're doing? Your parents. Like, your parents. You said you're coming for tea. I didn't know you're going to hang around for as long as this. Your I think hung around. Yeah, they weren't impressed. No, that is but not... I disappoint them. I've dis. I am no stranger to disappointing my parents through show. I've done it many times. Because <laughs> <laughs> like already, I'm like, oh, if the uncle was there, then the options like delivery. You could deliver stuff. Uh, you yeah, made that happen. Yeah. That we did. Yeah. yeah. Of course, we made it happen. But what I kind just, of host? I was a bit bewildered. I was like, okay, I didn't know you're going to hang around. But I think I learned from that point on. I need to be a bit more. Yeah, just have a lot of food. To around in case we had biscuits had all sorts of things i didn't know he actually wanted but he wanted like rice oh did he like, wow he was very specific the biscuits the sandwich no, no that's fine i want, that's... I yeah, want... Yeah. where is the rice where is the dal? Oh, where wow. is the actual food <laughs> okay that's probably a bit much i think but... yeah no it's cute man interestingly he hasn't come around again <laughs> I think he must be like an uncle from our like parents generation because like literally that's probably all he ever eats I reckon my parents. No, I don't. You know what? what is this? My dad used to be like this. He never used to eat anything, like anything. And when he went to other restaurants, he used to complain about the food all the time. This is not done well. This is not right. And now, 
thankfully we can go out to a nice restaurant and we can go out to eat and he does enjoy the food and he does Isn't talk it? about it with some reverence oh that was really nice and actually when i went on a holiday to born somewhere in southampton and yeah. i went to a really cool restaurant i should do a shout out for them the person actually won mastership back in the day i think it yeah, was right. in 2012 and it was really lovely food mauritian food hey, cool. so i would 100 percent check that out i can't i'm not going to find it quick enough okay. but anyway yeah it's oh her name is shalina and you'll find her at shalina cooks and she has got her own restaurant, so it is worth checking out. And it was wonderful food. And that dessert, bro, actually, you know what? You should just check out the dessert. Is, oh, it was so your dad, What did your dad so order? Good. Do you remember? No, we shared a whole load of starters and mains and stuff. And yeah, he loved it. He loved so it. Was it. Absolutely. So loved it was Asian food. Mauritian food, which is a mixture, it seems. Like a yeah. lot of coconut dishes, but with meat and rice and stuff. Okay. And they had chew tamarind chops and stuff like that it was really interesting it was nice man yeah i know i can see your face but no it was good it tamarind was is like a lime isn't it i don't actually know. it's like, a, like this black it stuff that it's like a black sour oh, oh, yeah, it looks like a yeah. nut but it's yeah, not yeah. really a nut and they kind but of like, make it this kind of fluidy stuff interesting but it just get a slightly sour taste to the chocolate but it was like a good sweet sour kind of thing it was really good so 100 percent check it out if you're in the area I used to have to yeah. like, when I go out for meals with my dad, like I have to like mentally prepare myself because his like playbook is the same each time and it always vexes me. So like <laughs> I have to remind myself not to get vexed. So the first thing that he'll do when you're at this restaurant is that he'll, everyone will hold the menu, right? Everyone will be looking through mm -hmm. the menu or whatever. And he will be going around asking everyone else what they've ordered and not paying any attention to what he <laughs> orders himself, right? And he'll yeah. only start to look at his own menu that's in his hands when the waiter or waitress comes to the table. Then I'm always like, ask everyone else, ask him last. And he'll be, and then he'll do this whole thing where he like looks at it and looks at it from 40 meters away. <laughs> like looks in, and then after like forensically going through it and then asking like everyone, someone, whoever's next to him, but what's, what is this? What is this? It's lasagna. Lasagna, it's like, you literally have made it for us sometimes. What's this? <laughs> what's this? And then by the time it gets to him, He'll ask for something that's not even on the end, on the menu. He's done that before. Oh, no. And oh, no. inside, I'm like, ah. Oh. And then, so sometimes if I'm like, like, I'm intense anyway. So I'll say to my brother, let's just order something for him. Let's just order something for him. And then, but then he'll be like, oh, no, I don't want that. And it's just a nightmare. Yeah. Wow. Is he, wasn't there like this thing back in the day? I remember when I watched movies back in the 80s, maybe early 90s. Like one of the flexings that someone used to do was go to like a really fancy restaurant and ask for fish and chips or something. <laughs> And yeah, like, that, we don't do that here and just for enough money you will and then oh, just yeah, slams yeah. out like some money on the table they're like okay <laughs> they go <laughs> yeah. fish and chips are done that I'll could be my dad the the way. <laughs> really really in the wrong but yeah once i went to this restaurant it was in central london a hare and tortoise with someone and we were with someone that was vegan and this is horrendous looking back at what happened right so she was vegan and she asked for a dish but without the meat bit or something and then the waiter went away, came back, said, oh, sorry, the chef's saying that they can't do that. And then she was like, what do you mean? Just take them, just don't cook it with the meat. Just don't do that. I'm vegan. And he was like, went away, came back. No, the chef is not going to do that. They're not, they're not happy. And she goes, yeah, but I've been here before and it's not been an issue. What's the issue? Just can you go and ask again? And then what happened was that a bowl of this black stuff was just sent and given to her. And it right. was not her meal. It was just a black fluid. And she goes, what's that? He goes, that's what the chef's given you. And she just sat there and I didn't understand like how big of a deal this was, but she was really upset. And she goes, can you get the manager out? And the manager came out and quickly apologized and like just gave her what she wanted and then gave us like discounts and stuff. 
but it seemed like the whoever this chef going on a real flex i don't know what their issue was but uh, yeah i've never had that kind of thing go down but i can imagine your dad <laughs> annoying a few people <laughs> maybe having a few flex. extra things added to their food yeah. fight club style yeah <laughs> that's why we never share yeah that's why we never share. yeah yeah probably a good idea not to good idea not to Thrush, i did want to talk to you about something something happened to you something did you happen got into a bit of a ruckus like a yeah. proper Mate. bust up huh? can yeah. you explain what happened because the thing is was i got blocked and i thought okay let me find out what's going on and i didn't yeah. get blocked i didn't get involved so yeah you're going to need to like look, open these tweets up because i can't see them because i've been blocked. oh you can't see them okay so yeah, let me so click like, on this one because you've been blocked Arusha. you've been I've blocked, been blocked. Yeah. i've been blocked that's true Blocked? is that what happened every time i don't think anyone should be listening to any of the nonsense i spew so i think it sounds <laughs> entirely deserved but okay. basically starts path oh, yeah. tweeted yeah. a reminder to anyone working in the race equality space if data isn't improving we aren't doing our jobs except say he's talking about racism then someone I don't want to pile on so look someone tweets out they've got quite a big following seems to have a bit of a hustle going on I don't like to hate on people's hustles either but ironic that this doctor plays an important role in the stigmatization and exclusion and oppression of fat people throughout the UK is that because he works on diabetes okay anyway perhaps it's because <laughs> fat oppression yeah. pays good money maybe because racism directly impacts him maybe because he just hates fat people hates is a strong word and does Partha really Partha does a lot of good work on the social media front and a lot of work he doesn't need to be involved with and he seems to just wail in and do what he can I was very surprised to see someone how could you hate on Partha but why would you hate on Partha that doesn't make any sense but Thrush what happened next you might yeah so play. like I think my issue was that like I think everyone no, no one's like beyond reproach right so mm. like fine if you wanted to talk about the roles of talking about obesity and mm. its kind of role in diabetes and whatever go off but it's just i thought it was really odd that this person he took issue with the stuff on like racism and i was like what has that got to do with anything okay that's an it's an issue that's important to him so what's the issue and then it just went off. i think that's pretty much i think i probably said one or two i only made maybe one or two comments there but i think mm. it was along the lines of what is your issue and then i and he also implied i think that he hadn't said enough about fat phobia, which is obviously an issue that's important to that person. And I was like, well then, if you're going to use that comparison, then what have you done against racism? And this person was like, oh, like my black clients will, attend. I've done like free work for them. And I'm like, where's, and I was like, oh, where's the evidence of that? And I got blocked. Mm. And it was, quite, it was quite strange because it was interesting that all of the stuff that they were suggesting was a bit kind of unverifiable. Unver like, how are we going to speak to your what your pa the patients? Well, that's confidential, isn't it? So how's anyone going to mm -hmm. verify that? It was just a bit shady. But I guess I needed someone else to point out to me that the only reason that whole thing was happening was because Partha has a kind of widely followed account. And so to mm. stir up indignation and whatever is a good way of getting follows. I guess that's what was happening. Kind of, kind of maybe sense. yeah because it doesn't make sense otherwise like of all no. the people why'd you go after this guy yeah, about exactly. this subject yeah it just seemed bizarre didn't it but anyway yeah i only caught up with it later i think when you tweeted that and i've been blocked or something like, oh really okay what happened here but talking about calling out people umair akbani did you see that I was walking outside yeah. the hospital in my scrubs and a striking nurse not of some not a nurse is about to strike someone but someone who's striking yeah. a nurse left a picket to shout at me in public across the road demanding to know why i was in my scrubs we need to reflect on how we are complicit in creating the toxic conditions we complain about in the NHS. 
But I also quite like his follow-up. Also, just as a note, I fully support striking nurses. <laughs> and by that means nurses on strike, not striking them. And the whole wearing scrubs out of hospital debate is, in my opinion, a nonsense and not something worth spending time discussing. The only two women who can tell me what to wear are my wife and my mum. Oh, yeah, that's probably true, actually, for me as well. And probably yeah. you, Thrusha. Yeah. Um, yeah, what do you think, Thrusha? Walking around in your scrubs? I do think it's bad for I think it's bad form mm. to be shouting at anyone about what they're wearing, really, like in general mm. in the street. And I think there's a kind of, in a hospital, I think there are like certain jobs worse who get off on... That's against the rules. And usually mm. you see it with women to other women, don't you? Like with their mm. hair not being tied up or whatever. And I just think it's a little bit of an, it's just a little bit of a low blow. Like, just mm. give it a rest, will you? It's not even mm. based in any way. Like, so like... You can wear your shoes. It just seems a bit funny, isn't it? Like, you go onto the ward with your, like, mm. shoes that literally could have been in the park and covered in crap. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could yeah. do that, couldn't you? You go do, but... like, a... what would you do again, PCI? Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> Oh, sorry, it fell on my shoe. Don't worry, yeah, it's fine. Oh, it's fine, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Seven-second rule or whatever. Yeah, It exactly. just seems, like, really funny. Like, just let, just let people be. And I just think sometimes people do it for the drama of being able to like, it just strikes me. There are some people who need to feel, make themselves feel big by like bringing other people down a peg. And I just mm. think it says something about that person. If that's how you're going to generate happiness and dopamine for yourself by bringing someone else down. I think that's just mm. additionally pathetic. I remember like after the whole people weren't wearing masks again, for a long time, our hospital was still employing wearing masks. And I think I was walking towards the ultrasound room and I just pulled off the mask for a second because I was trying to do something. Like I either was trying to look at something on my phone. It was getting in the way. And I must have walked for one meter without the mask. And someone started walking up towards me. And I thought, who's this person? Oh, do I know them? And they had this big kind of smirk on their face. And then they said, you're not wearing your mask. And I thought, oh, yeah, okay, fine. So How could on. you see the smirk? Were they wearing their mask? That's a good point. Why do I feel like I could see their smirk? But they looked, they seemed very pleased. They were so them. smug that you could even see their smirk. You went through their mask, wow, yeah. Wow, they just eyes. They literally, they're, yeah, they're, they just look very bright. As in, they walked up to me like they're my friend. They're like, oh, really? I know you, kind of thing. Really? And they're like, oh, do I know you? Do I, do I know you? I don't think I know you. And then they were like, you need to put your mask. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, fine, thanks. Thanks for that. Thanks, mate. Yeah. I just took it off for a second. I just walked down the corridor. I put it back on right away. Not that manti mask. I was just saying I took it off for a second and someone was already uh, on my case very quickly. Can't do anything around here. So there are a few other th there are a few other interesting stories, especially of kind of people piping up with their opinions when they're not necessarily. Uh, <laughs> Isn't that what Tutu is all about? That is true. Actually. Which anyway, here's one like another one from Shivani. I forgot to say Shivani. Oh, Her again, mm. a short non-contemporaneous story. Chapter one: Eminent prof dissuades you from an aspect of your research. Chapter two: A few months later. Their paper on the same topic comes to you for peer review. End. Now, isn't that... And I wrote Taylor's Oldest Time, but she missed the... Mm -hmm. Do you know what that means, Taylor's Oldest Time? Yeah, as in it, it's something that's been going on for years, no? No! no? It's a okay, line fine. from Beauty and the Beast. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. time. But that came from the saying, no? Yeah, it did, but can you not just finish the line for me, for God's sake? This I is... don't know the next line. Song, song <laughs> as old as rhyme. Okay. Look, like, I'm not a big Beauty and the Beast the fan, but Jesus, Clearly you come are. on. You're bigger than me, but anyway, yeah. Carry yeah, on. yeah, bigger than you, definitely. But for God's sake. Anyway, it was <laughs> annoying, isn't it? And there's so many people in medicine. Who, I, I reckon that nurse who was shouting out in the street about that doing those scrubs was like, oh no, it's for your own good because, I don't know, you might... MRSA, I don't know. All... <laughs> Develop MRSA. Yeah, but that's what they'll say. Like, I'm just worried about the patients. It's about the patients. 
Anyway. <laughs> no, it's not. It's because you wanted to make yourself feel big and you just, yeah, same thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've seen this kind of stuff, isn't it, with these big hitters? I've heard of these things. I've heard that on some level, some of them they have to review papers. And if the paper is a bit too close to what they're doing, they'll just purposely shove it down and yeah. lots of corrections. The next thing you know, they've gone and put their one through. Yeah, I think, yeah, there's some, I reckon that some of that must be like a basic human thing, right? There must be some sort of basic human element to not maybe wanting something good for other people in that. If someone's going to be doing some research and it's going to maybe hinder your own work, then you may not be feeling like you want to do it. And I feel like maybe on some level, I've had to make a conscious effort to be not like that. Yeah. And one point I remember fairly recently, somebody did ask me about teleradiology work. And I, yeah. in the back of my head, I had an immediate inclination that I didn't want to tell them too much because it yeah. might take away from my work. Yeah. And I realized that's not something I want to do. And I've never done that before. So why am I doing that now? Yeah. So I had to really you fight that urge. What do you think? Is that like a... Is there an actual inclination of people to be oh, a bit yeah, like definitely, that? Definitely, definitely. There's a whole, isn't there like the crabs in the bucket mentality, right? Where like you're all crabs in a bucket and if one of the crabs like tries to crawl out, then the other crabs will pull them down and so <laughs> no one can escape. But I think mm. there's also, yeah, like you want to protect your own livelihood and stuff. And I think one of the things, I remember when I was like a junior, when I was applying for a number, I remember someone saying, oh, like intervention, like people don't want you to become to get into intervention because they're worried about their private work and the effect mm. of having other kind of consultants doing intervention would if I have on their private work and I'm gonna be like whoa like that's some like mm. 3d chess like to block people <laughs> because you're worried like at that stage that's how far ahead you're thinking and I can't like imagine I think the things that obviously are, I think that's rooted in jealousy isn't it oh it's mine and I don't want to and whatever but then mm. you could take the opinion that the more people that you have around the better things might be in other ways. And I think there's, I think you have people are always, it's like a really human thing, isn't it? If you look at the way that kind of politicians operate in terms of demonizing certain groups of people who can't, who don't have a voice for themselves, often it appeal, they often appeal to people's like baser instincts to like wanna like them, uh, make them feel like something's gonna be taken away. And that's a very good way of like turning people against one another. So, so I think it's a real mm. baser, instinct and uh, obviously we see like, like, that stuff on like twitter like when people like argue about pas and whatever and just mm. wanting to not they think or like i saw like a tweet which is like saying oh the job should just go to people who've been trained in the uk and stuff and i'm like oh you yeah wanna... mm. and i was like thinking like that's what you want to fight about like you want to fight amongst the group whereas really like if they were if they made more consultant jobs and stuff then there'd be roles for everyone that's if you want to get rid of that bottleneck that's what you do whereas they want to remove mm. the bottleneck by just annihilating the competition like it's just a, but it's such a like baser instinct you can see it and i think there are as you say like i think it's like nice if you acknowledge that because we all do feel that way but to be a bit more philosophical about it and stuff i think it does there is a greater good there is a greater good and me and I guess one of the problems is it's not like always immediately obvious and you do have to think hard, but there usually are answers there. And mm. I think there is there. I talk about it a lot, but I read this, that, I read that book that was really good, Good Economics for Hard Times. And it does say that there is like an economic benefit to altruism. It does benefit whether it's a case of having that extra person around, I don't know, means that more that person might end up being like an excellent colleague or whatever. And then mm. they start some new venture or whatever. It's difficult to foresee, but you hope that helping someone else onto the ladder in a karmic way benefit mm. you at some point. I think that same sentiment is really shown in the whole lifeboat thing, which brings us on to this, where Neil Hamilton says the RNLI is a charity. The public donates it so that it can help with accidents at sea. 
The public does not donate so that it can rescue those who deliberately put themselves at risk in unseaworthy vessels. This madness has gone on for too long. Mm. And he goes and a quote to his GB News, which obviously we know is a fantastic source of information. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that sentiment holds there as well, doesn't it? Where they're being told that we don't have enough. We don't have enough stuff to look after ourselves. We've got right. people in this own country not being able to be looked after. How are you going to take on people from other country, from another country and help them out? Let's just stop them. Let's just let them stay in, in the middle of the sea on these dinghies. That's the sentiment. Yeah. Exactly. It, which is bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. I think like, obviously coming from Neil Hamilton, the kind of irony is that this is obviously like a well-to-do, I think he's a former MP, I don't know, obviously UK. Yeah, I'm not even sure. And so talking about stuff in that way, it's just really, I find it interesting. I think there was, that was that person. And obviously there was someone from Question Time who kept getting retweeted who looked a bit like Nadine Doys and she, Dories and she was talking about immigrants and stuff and closing oh we need to close the borders we just need to close the borders that one i saw that but it's the same sentiment isn't it exactly exactly and what are you trying to say what are you trying to say so you're saying that all these people they're essentially trying to say that anyone who comes across here are going to leech off the entire exactly that's give anything back and not do anything and the thing that gets me is that these are people who actually probably won't stand to lose anything so they literally just can't see the common humanity with these people who are like going on the, the risking their lives and children's lives how can you not how you just reduce them to being like animalistic i don't know people who are not going to touch you so it's literally just based on pure like disdain it's really mm. sad really do you really think that this hamilton guy has never been abroad and never gone to stay anywhere else and never got never enjoyed all these cultural things that are like so enriching to the society and things it's just i don't know i think they just get a bit too focused on themselves and the way they're living their little life and then they just do they get bored and just think okay i need to find a bad guy in life who's gonna be the bad guy in life oh those people that are trying to like jump across the bad guys and i'm gonna just hate on them and spew lots of hate towards them unfortunately they're gonna be they're quite commonly around and that's how these gb news and all that kind of stuff is around because um yeah, they've got the clientele to to listen to this stuff. Cool. We are coming up to close to an hour, Trisha. Should we should we finish on our favourites, our favourite Twitter account? <laughs> Amongst all of you lot that are our favourites, but there is one that's very special to us. Do you want to pick something slightly different? Because I, I've obviously picked two. One of them's a bit sad, which is, I can read mm. that out, which is my mum and dad died very suddenly and they were super kind people. Every couple of months I go to a cafe, buy all the cakes and tell them to give them to kids and say it's from them. I miss them so much, but this way their names are said all day and people are made happy, which is quite cute, isn't it? Wow. That is sad, isn't it? I, you know what? I think we just went away on holiday with the parent, my parents and they were so happy, man, just to be with the grandkids. And yeah. I just thought, you know what? This is the stuff that's more important than anything, isn't it? Like these memories and stuff that they have. And I'm glad that we could do that. <laughs> I need to do more of that, even though sometimes it can be a bit annoying and I can be annoying to them, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. The kids enjoyed it. That's more important than it. I'll do one then. I left my old job over two years ago. I never gave my work mobile back and nobody noticed. It still hasn't been switched off. Occasionally when drunk, I send a text and adopt a snow leopard for a tenner ago. I now have adopted enough leopards to populate a small zoo. <laughs> That's quite cool. They're charging all that stuff to their company. It's brilliant. That's cool. Yeah, cool, man. Good to have you back. We Thank be you. Hopefully, podcasting in the next couple of days for the uh, for the, yeah, for the for next this, episode. For this week, oh, yeah, for the next episode. Uh, yeah, go on. I wanted to say that tweet obviously mentioned of Neil Hamilton. Because of that, so the London Marathon I'm running this year, I got a ballot place, but I figured I'd try and raise money for them. So I'd be ever so grateful if people would be willing to donate just from the, they are like a volunteer led service, they rely on donations. 
and they do a really important job like 24 7 we make sure people don't drown mm. i think it's a good charity to support so i'd be grateful if people could help out we send out we'll put a link with the episode isn't it and oh, then obviously tweet it out too yeah cool sure. all right then have a great right. week everyone Thanks, okay guys. bye bye